as far as as being creative, having uh, an artistic outlet, perhaps doesn't necessarily have to be an artistic outlet, but having something that that genuinely will brings you joy. You know, I think that maybe that's a big part of this is like, what is something that is joyful that you're not doing in your life because you're telling you're telling yourself that it's not important. This is Way of the Artist with Brandon Colby Cook and Evan Schulte. Identifying your blocks and demystifying your struggles so that you can claim your own path and make your life a work of art. All right, all right, all right. (laughs) Another podcast. Another day, another podcast, another topic, some more stuff about art and creativity. This is Brandon and Evan. And uh, yeah, well, this is important, isn't it? (laughs) Evan's just cracking up with my weird little intro. But hey, guys, welcome to the podcast. Uh, We are going to talk a little bit about, you know, finding time for your art, really. Find time to be creative. And I think that this is something that we can all relate to in a way, because don't you find that your creative impulses and your art and your, your ideas and all that stuff, they kind of get pushed to the bottom or to the, to the shelf or to the back because to you the got side. Life. Yeah. To the side somewhere Anywhere, they get pushed away. It gets pushed. It gets pushed. Yeah. You don't pull it in. You don't deal with it. You don't look at it, but it's like life is, uh, you know, stressful, emotional. There's, there's things that you got to keep up with. There's bills you got to pay, you know, you come home from work, maybe you're exhausted, you know, uh, you got kids, uh, maybe a partner, you know, maybe, uh, um, other things you got to deal with in life. And this thing that, you know, is actually really important. If you just gave it attention and energy and, you know, you fleshed it out and worked with it, it would be really important, but, we have this way of treating some of that stuff like it isn't. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to get into it and we'll see what happens. What are your thoughts, Evan? Yeah, no, I, uh, I, I loved that, that intro. It just got me just right. Brandon. Uh, I think that this is in many ways, it might be a really nice little companion episode to one that we did a little while ago called finding your way back to art. Um, but this, I think this conversation that we're having today is while there's a relationship there, there's something different that we're focusing on with this one, namely, this is important and taking a look at and examining the things that we do push off as, as you said, like, as this isn't important, these other things have priority and da, 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 da. And, and, you know, certainly there are moments where yeah there's something that has that that we have to address but normally those things are pretty like when when we have those moments in our life they're they're immediate they're knowable we're taking we're usually already in the midst of taking action in something when we have a situation like that i think that most of us in the modern world we're not in that situation most of the time, you know, every now and then we are, but, uh, most of the time we're not, I think that maybe part of the problem that we're addressing in this conversation is that 
we the problem is that we think we're in that space the problem is that we think that we're in that thing it's like oh i have to this has to take priority this has to take priority i have to do this and getting stuck in sort of the doldrums of uh you know just day-to-day um expectations i guess you know expectations that we uh that we think that we are supposed to be meeting to to be an upstanding citizen of our, you know, respective uh, society. And uh, maybe it's it's not so much. And, and yeah, I'm, I'm interested in, like, let's explore a little bit of, of what, what are, why don't we see these creative things, these curiosities that we have? How come we don't think that these things are important? And I would also say that, you know, we talked about potentially calling this episode, um, the least important is the most important. Uh, and, and just because sometimes taking on doing something that might seem really unimportant, that might seem it's like, it's frivolous. There's no time for that because that's, that's an extra, well, maybe it isn't as much as an extra as you think it is, maybe it is actually the most important thing for you to be doing right now. And, and by allowing yourself to do it, it might actually help you with doing these other things that, that you have on your, you know, list of, of things that you have to meet. Yeah, there's the, the, the keeping up with life. I think one of the biggest things for most people is they they have these things that are like paying their bills or they're behind or you know it's uh i think the other thing too is when we do like a job or we work for someone else when we work a job we're in some way subjugating what's important to us to do what's important for someone else and i think sometimes when you're in a relationship or marriage or you have children or um, anything like that, there is a certain amount of subjugating what you want to do, what's important to you to kind of meet the needs and demands of what someone else wants or something else needs. And I think there is a, a value in that. I think there it's, it's virtuous to, in certain ways, to make sure you take care of your responsibilities and make sure those are met. Yeah. There's also a certain amount of like, you know, you have a responsibility to yourself. And I don't always think that people acknowledge that where there's, it's important to take time to nurture you. And that's not just nurturing how you feel, which is, I think is probably for some people, the only way they do it. They're just nurturing how they feel and that's it. And by nurturing how they feel, it's just to feel better or to not feel something. So they might say, watch a show or play some video games or have a, have a, have a drink, have a smoke, you know, eat a nice meal. These things, I'm not saying that you don't want to do them. And I'm not saying that they're not important in their own way, but if your only way of self kind of appreciation and self value comes from just getting away from a feeling or trying to get to a feeling, Mm. I think you're greatly limiting what you are, and you're not actually fully valuing yourself. So I think that's an element of this conversation, which kind of needs to be brought in. You know, you, you, you can look at your creative impulses and your bigger dreams and things like that as, as it's like a responsibility you have to yourself to nurture. 
And it's not always going to feel good. I mean, I'll tell you guys, like I've written for over 300, 3,300 days, something like that now. I forget. I just lose track. I just keep doing it every day. And I just mark down a number. I don't even look anymore, <laughs> but uh, some days it sucks. Some days writing is just like, Oh my God, why am I doing this? And I still got, you know, like I committed for 10 years. So I still got like most of a year left now to finish off this agreement. And I've made a long way. I've made it nine years now, over nine years. And I'm just like, Oh man. But the thing is, is that there's a, important part of this discipline, which is that it's a responsibility I have to myself. And sometimes I don't want to write and writing doesn't feel good that day. It doesn't happen every day, but some days it's like that. Some days I'm tired. Some days I just want to do something else. Sometimes I just don't want to take myself away from something to do it. And I've developed a certain amount of discipline around it, which has been very helpful. Um, and I think that part of this conversation is about going like, can you make something important in your life that's for you, that values you and builds you and not keep putting it to the side, not keep putting it in the background. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that, you know, this is something we're all trying to navigate. We're all trying to figure it out. And I don't think you have to always give in to the pressures of the world and everybody else. You don't always have to make your whole life being like kind of, a servitude to someone else. Part of it is serving your own soul, your own spirit, your own self, your own creative being, whatever you want to call it. But, you yeah. know, give it a little bit of space, give it a stage, give it something. Absolutely. I, I think that a lot of uh, people listening are, there's probably a lot of people who are familiar with this idea of, you know, sometimes you have to, you have to take care of yourself before you can take care of anyone else. You know, like that's, that's seems to be a fairly common idea that we have around there, you know, like in, I guess a, a very extreme example of that, you know, but is one that we recognize as a logical thing to do in our society is like on a plane, if the pressure, it leaves the, tr leaves, leaves the plane, your job is to put your mask on first before you assist anyone else. Right. Because you're no good to anyone if you're passed out. Right? <laughs> like it's then you can't help even though. And that's the most vulnerable people. Yeah. They're saying, yes, there are people who are more vulnerable than you. But if if something happens to you, you can't do shit for them. So put your mask on first. Right. And yeah. so this is sort of like put your mask on first. Put some of these things in your life that you're putting off in in the front seat every now and then try and create some more space for that and, and, and start to understand it as being more important. Um, one, like in my own life recently, and, and it's still something that I have to constantly tell myself to do. Like I've gotten, you know, you've had this writing practice for a long time. Uh, you know, I've had a meditation practice for, I mean, not, consistently for as long as that but <laughs> but you know on and off for a number of years and and over the last number of years it's definitely been a lot more consistent but i still battle sometimes with my mind saying oh well that that's not an important thing for you to do right now you know you've it's important that you check your email again or it's important that you you know 
advertise something or it's important that you, you know, take on, you know, get this task done, this task done, you know, that, that never ending task list that's, that we always have in our life. There's a never ending task list of just day-to-day things that, yeah, we, we have to do these things, but they're, they're given such a, a, a space of importance that I don't think they're deserving of. And Meditation is one of those things where it's like I had for a long time been treating it as, okay, this is something important to me, but um, was something that that was something I did over here. You know, it's like, okay, that's something extra that you do and really making it more of of a mindfully important thing to do where I'll actually I'll, I actually say to myself and remind myself, Evan, this is the most important thing for you to do today. Like these times that you've scheduled to sit down and meditate, even if it's only for five minutes, that's the most important thing for you to do. There is nothing else that's more important than this. And and that definitely helps me to like get going and doing that. But what's amazing is that it doesn't actually stop me from handling the tasks that are still required of me for the day. You know what I mean? Like there's time for all of it, right? And maybe there's a task that doesn't get get done that day, but normally it's something that doesn't have to get done that day. And then it usually gets done the next day. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it's, and, and when you're in a position like that, it's like, oh yeah, maybe it, this wasn't as as vital to my existence as I, as I thought it was to, you know, unload the dishwasher today or some menial task like that. Right. Um, but yeah, sometimes, uh, I often find that like when I allow myself and, and go and I, and I do my meditations and stuff like that, like it's when I am going about my tasks, I'm doing it in, from a completely different space. Like I'm, I have a, I'm calmer. I'm more clear-headed. I have um, even more of a sense uh, sometimes of joy and um, appreciation. Like sometimes I, I find that like I'm I'm doing a task and and I have a greater understanding of of who I who I'm am in service to. You know whether it's to um, you know my family, my friends, to um, my clients. You know like there there's there's a greater sense of that, that, that comes through it. So, I mean, that's with a specific thing in my life in meditation, but as, as far as, as being creative, having, uh, an artistic outlet, perhaps doesn't necessarily have to be an artistic outlet, but having something that, that genuinely will brings you joy. You know, I think that maybe that's a big part of this is like, what is something that is joyful that you're not doing in your life because you're telling you're telling yourself that it's not important. I think it's important to remind yourself that it's joyful because I think that sometimes this stuff can feel like work or it can feel like this hard thing to do. I, I know for for writing it, it can be like that some days where it's like, well, why am I why am I writing? It's like, well, I like to write. I like I like. I like doing it. I actually want to do it, but some days, you know, it doesn't feel like that. And 
you know, I mean, for example, I have a client right now and she's a really, really quite a talented writer, but she struggles with the discipline of writing, you know? Um, and so I've been giving her some practices, you know, to try and like develop her writing disciplines and things like that, and just kind of coach her through that. And it's interesting because when she gets going, she loves doing it, but getting going is so hard for her. You know, it's just such a hard thing. Yeah. And, and we all have this, like we all relate to that, right? It's like getting, going from neutral to first gear is just such a hard shift and so many things in life. And I don't know what it is about it, but I can totally relate to it. It's like you build up in your mind. Oh, like I got nothing to write about. It's going to be so hard. You know, uh, I'd really just be rather doing this. You know, there's all that going on. And I think with something like this, you know, maybe that's the, maybe that's the mantra, you know, this is important. So let's just do it. Let's just do it and not, not think about what it'll feel like, not think about what it's putting off, you know, it's important and that's all I need to know. So I'm going to, I'm going to do it. And I would, I would dare to say that most things, if you just get started, you'll probably find out that they're not so bad, that they're, they're a lot easier than you think. And then once you're doing it, you, you, you probably start to realize like, why don't I do this all the time? You know? And it's, but it is, it's very difficult shift. It's a very difficult shift from neutral to first gear. And I think one thing I'm reminded of all the time, it's funny how I said, I think, because I'm about to say, don't think so much. (laughs) (laughs) Don't think about it. Like that, that was a little piece of advice I got when I was younger is like, don't think, just do it. You know, when it comes to stuff like this, don't even think, just go and do the thing that's important. Just, just go and do it. And you'll think about it while you're doing it. And that's enough. The thinking about it is part of the problem, Mm. you know, all the justification and the story and the narrative and all the things that we build around it, you know, like what might go wrong, you know, all this other stuff, you got to get in the habit of not doing that. Just be like, okay, the moment you have the thought, okay, I want to do this creative thing. You go and you do it. Just, just go and do it. Don't worry about it. Don't think about it. And if, you know, if it's writing, then you just sit down and you start writing. That's it. Just sit down, pen and paper, whatever keyboard, whatever you do, pen and paper is actually, I would actually say that's even better. Um, just as a writer, I would say early on pen and paper is very helpful to like the physical part of writing on paper. There's something really tangible and nice about that, that you'll probably find a huge reward out of. Um, there is a disconnect I find through the keyboard. I've done it for so long now that it, it, um, I feel like I've kind of moved past that but i think going back to writing with pen and paper is actually a really really effective thing just about writing with when it comes to maybe like music or acting i mean maybe it's pick up the instrument um maybe it's uh you know read a read something about learning about it you know just do something put some energy towards this thing that you care about whatever it is yeah yeah. And, and it doesn't have to, like, we talk all the, all the time on this show about just like keeping it something simple. You know, I often encourage people to, to, to make that first step, something that seems so trivially small, but actually take a, some sort of a small action in, in getting it, getting it done. Um, you know, like just, you, you want to write a story, well, write, write, yeah, like pull out a piece of paper, like a pad of paper and write the title at the top. 
Don't doesn't matter if that's not your not going to be the final title. Write your working title yeah. up at the top of the page. That's something. You know that totally. that action that action sets something into motion within yourself and within the universe, perhaps. Um, but it's 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 something like it's it it gets you as you said into that into that first gear, which is such a hard thing to do. And uh, like I I was just thinking like one practice that I fell. I fell out of and I have started redoing again recently is a very simple practice because I, I, I'm one of those people who for most of my life, I've always hated uh, having like having to write down goals and stuff like that. What are, what are your goals? And, and it's usually something that has given me a lot of anxiety in, in my life. And I came up with sort of an idea, which was was an amalgamation of a couple of useful things that I got from different people through the years. And it's a, a simple practice, and I believe I've talked about this on the show before, but I call it three wins to win the day. And basically every single day, and again, I keep it simple. I just have a yellow, like a small yellow legal legal pad, basically, that I use as this. I write the day on it. And I write down three things that would be wins for me that day. Mm. What are thing? What would be a win? And the thing that I like about the wording of that for me, but because the wording of it is very important. They're not. They're not goals. They're not targets. They're not whatever. I mean, yes, I guess on some level they are. But for me, it's like the win. I say win because for me, it's an emotional response. It's an emotion. It's just like you check that thing off. That's a win. You just want it that, right? Um, and it also helps me to connect to things that are actually important. You know what I mean? Like it actually helps me to realize and understand for that day what's, what is actually important. And then I, I often do the same thing for like the week or the month. Okay, well, what would be one big win this month? What would be one big win this week, right? And 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 it kind of I don't know. It gives me a sense of of excitement about it. But because again, everything that I'm writing down is something that has an emotional energy to it of being like, yeah, that's a win. There's an excitement. There's an energy behind doing that thing. And my whole thing with that as well is like it it can be in any realm of your life it can be within your career it can be within your relationship it can be even in leisure you know like a win for me you know sometimes a win for me is sit down and watch a movie by yourself this afternoon right and it's just like yeah that would be a win because sometimes that's what i need i think that's another thing that's really great about it is like the win will also tell you what a need that you have I think it also reflects a need that when we use the word need, it sometimes we it, it's hard to to know what that is. Or like, I don't know what I need. You know, I don't know. What do I need right now? Um, maybe that works for, for some people, but for me, it doesn't work that way. Win works for me that way. It shows me what at my core is 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 needed in my life that day, in that moment. Um 
And then I also say, it's like, and once you've done your, you've had your three wins for the, for the day, then you've won the day. Yeah. You've won the day. And, and I often say like, then do whatever you want after it's just like, it's like when you've, when you've had your three wins, like if, when you get to your three wins, then do whatever you want for the rest of the day. I think that's a really good way to look at it. Yeah. I, I, I think it's, it's good to get a little bit organized about what you could do in the day that would be a win. And actually a practice that I've learned is that if you decide the night before what you're going to do the next day for a win or your wins that you need for the next day or that you are going for, you get up with a certain sense of purpose and clarity and you actually schedule it in and make time for it. So instead of trying to figure it out, like when you get home from work, you know, or something like that, which is like late in the afternoon, you're tired, maybe you've, you know, you've, or even the evening and you're just kind of worn out. And then it's like, okay, like I need to do this thing that, you know, and then it's like, yeah, but it'd be nice to just have a beer and watch the tube. You know, it's kind of like, um, this, this thing of like you, in some ways you need to get momentum. And I think that's such an important thing. It's like, when you don't have any momentum, all of this stuff just seems so hard. When you get momentum going, these things are not, they're not nearly as difficult and it's easy to fall off track and lose momentum, you know? So just having momentum is not, um, you know, there's other challenges that come with keeping up with it, but, you know, getting momentum is the first step. So what can you do? I mean, if you, if, if you said, okay, well, I got to move, I got to move a thousand pounds from here to there, right? Let forget it. Let's not even say a thousand pounds. Let's say hundred pounds. Okay. hundred pounds. Now, some people can take and lift hundred pounds and they can go, okay, I can do this in one haul. Right. But it's still hundred pounds. You got to haul it over. If you, the night before, if you lifted 20, 30 of those pounds, you kind of got a little bit of it out of the way. The next day it's only 70 pounds. Right. And then if you, if you kind of chunked it, maybe you did a little in the morning, you did a little in the evening, you know, it wouldn't be so bad. It would be kind of like, okay. And now it'd be these like little easy lifts from getting one thing over to the next. Yeah. And you could get yourself to the point where, you know, maybe you can only do hundred pounds. Maybe you can only do 10 pounds. I'm just using a kind of analogy here, but you could get yourself to the point where you could do a thousand pounds or 10,000 pounds. You know what I mean? Where you get to the point where you have the, the capacity, the momentum, the discipline, the, the, you know, the way of managing this stuff. So it doesn't seem so overwhelming. And I think what's really important is that people think that five minutes doesn't matter. And that's something that I just have to say, like, it matters a lot. Five minutes matters incredibly. And if you just do five minutes and, and, and even if you stop after five minutes, you've still done something so important. You, you might look and go, well, if you're writing, for example, you've got five minutes. I mean, how much writing may I get done in five minutes? But you might be surprised. You might actually get a lot done, but um, you got, you did some writing, which is important. So then you've already written. So the next time you go to write, you've already done a little bit of writing. So you have a little bit of momentum towards writing and you, you do another five minutes, you do another whatever. It won't be long until you get to the point where you can do 10 or 15 or 30. And then you might have these days where, you know, you write for an hour and you have this really good day. And then you go back and you write for five or 10 minutes. 
But I know things shifted for me after I was doing this uh, writing every day. And I, I think um, initially before I committed to half an hour every day, I initially started with 15 minutes a day. And um, I did 15 minutes a day about two or three times. And I dropped the ball at some point. I think I dropped the ball at 30 something days once or something like that. And I know I dropped the ball around like 70 days or somewhere around there. And then I, my rule was if I dropped the ball, I got to restart and start counting from day one again, because I dropped the ball. But when I started, it was only 15 minutes. But then when I finally got to this commitment that I've been doing for over 3000 days, it was a 30 minute commitment. And I do 30 minutes every day, no matter what. And some days I'll do more, you know, some days I'll do an hour, some days I'll do two, some days I'll do three. But I remember when I was really like really writing and I had the time, I remember doing days that were like 16 hour days of writing. I want you to wrap your head around that. Like 16 hours a day. That means I went to sleep, I woke up and I wrote from the moment I woke up until the moment I went to sleep, and I went back to sleep and then I got back up and I wrote from the moment I woke up to the, like, I don't know if, if many people understand what that is actually like, it's, you have to be transcendent of work at that point. You have to be at a point where you have so much momentum and so much focus and so much clarity that you can actually maintain and sustain the energy to do that for that long. And this is the thing is like all those 15 minute exercises I did, they added up to being able to do 30 every day, but they also added up to being able to do 16 hour days of writing if, if necessary. And, you know, to, to, if someone said, okay, like, you know, you have one week and it's going to take 16 hours of writing every single day for an entire week. And I had to do it. I, I could do it. Like, I, I know I can um, I, I built the discipline around that. I built the, the focus state around that, you know, the stuff that you need, but it starts small. So I'm just saying like, you know, when something's important, don't underestimate the fact that you're just, all you can do is a few minutes. It's fine. You got to start somewhere. It starts with a step. And I think that a lot of people talk themselves out of doing anything because, you know, they just say, oh, well, it doesn't matter. It won't make a difference. And I'm telling you, it does. It does make a difference. And, you know, you, you might not go from five minutes to 16 hours in, in, you know, in the next day or the next week or the next month, or maybe it'll even take you a year. But if you just put in a little bit of time, it'll add up and you'll get better and you'll build a confidence and you'll build a fluidity and a certain momentum. And I think that's an important thing about making something important is that you, you look at it in terms of like, okay, well, I might not get a lot done, but, it, but I, but I'm getting a lot of momentum created. And that's an important element of it too. Yeah, yeah. And also what I'm picking up on here as well is that we're working on a process as opposed to necessarily a result. You know, if, if you, and the thing is, is when you, when you commit to a process, results come as a res, come on their own. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that that's a backwards thing that we have. We're always like pursuing results, 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 and it fucks up the process. Totally. Um, whereas we're talking about commit to a process, no matter how, however much you can commit to that process and on a, on a consistent basis, but that process does something, you know, there, there's something that, that happens when 
you you begin to take action and engage with something creatively all sorts of things start to come out all sorts of surprises all sorts of uh, spontaneous things happen which is you know that's the juice of creativity uh, and and it doesn't demand uh, really a whole lot of time you know because there there are there are sometimes there are times when you know being able to to really just hammer at something for a long time is going to be part of that process and there are times when that's not going to be necessary at all mm-hmm. um you know I, there's an exercise that i remember learning from one of my old acting teachers and uh it it's very much the embodiment of uh of that process it's it's kind of a cool little technique where basically uh for actors, I'll, I'll I'll run you through through the, the the Cliff Notes version of it. But basically, you know, when when you're reading through a script as an actor, there are certain things that are talked about, mentioned, whatever in the script that have a quality of meaning to them, right? Like a place, a person that maybe is never seen or or whatever, but it's something that you have to have some sort of there there there's some sort of it has to have some sort of life to you. It has to have some sense of reality to you. So basically you go through and you find all of these different things that are referenced to. And just in a book, you write what those thing, those different things are at the top of a book. And the way that I learned it was set a timer for, I think it was 60 seconds, you know, for one minute. And, and before you hit the timer, you just just stare at whatever the the word, the statement what is that you have written at the top and then just like just stare at it, read it, read it, read it, read it, read it, hit the start button and just start writing. Mm. Just start writing like as fast as you can. Like just 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 spill your 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 impressions, your feelings, your intuitions, whatever about that thing. And and when 60 seconds is up, you stop, right? And it's uh, that's something that you can go and you can revisit it, right? And you can do the exercise again and you, and you do another 60 seconds on, on that thing. What I couldn't believe with this exercise was how effective it was, was because when the moment came in, in that scene where that thing comes up, and suddenly there was just all, I had this connection to that thing. There was all of these feelings and impressions and whatever that came alive um, for me in, in, in those moments and, and, and for everybody else too. And that's working with the process, right? And it wasn't necessarily, what was so interesting about it is that there was no sense of result that was supposed to come out of it. You know, it was just an exercise on, on just expressing, you know, what your, what your feelings and and ideas and thoughts were about that thing then and there, um, for such a short period of time, but it had such a profound effect and it, and it affected my own performance in ways that I didn't know that it would, you know, suddenly there was, there was some kind of emotion that was coming out of me that I was like, Oh, holy shit, that that was not planned. That's never even happened, you know, in before in, in reading this or in, in, in rehearsal, it was something that, that just came out of it. Right. So 
it doesn't that that and that comes out of a result of 60 seconds you know all of these little beautiful nuances and things can come out of just a, a committed a, a committed short period of time right but thoughtful mindful um yeah, this is really interesting that this has come out in this conversation. But yeah, like, uh, I think the focus on process, and I just want to say one more thing as well, uh, just that I'm I'm realizing as well about the, the sort of the three wins thing that I was talking about, is that that is so much about process as well. You know, like the win is about, is, is really about... Um, engaging in in a kind of a process that that will create all kinds of unknown things in your life but will begin to can can help set you on a trajectory of of a life that looks a little bit more of what you would like it to look like Hey, it's Evan with a quick public service announcement. If you're enjoying the conversation you're hearing and finding it helpful, then please help us and take a second to subscribe to the podcast. And we can all be people helping other people. And that's awesome. Now back to the show. I can't hear you, Brandon. Oh, you can't hear me? Okay, oh, there, there we go. go. There you are. <laughs> I uh, I was trying to mute the mic. You guys probably heard all that anyway, because it's a uh... I'm living in the I'm living in the city area and the sirens and stuff have been going off like crazy. So I was trying to mute it out. But anyway, <laughs> I did it backwards. Uh, what you're saying though, Evan, is uh, you know, it is, it's about building the kind of life you want. And I think that we can drift away into this life that we don't want by taking the things that are actually important and continually putting them on the back burner. And I think one of the things that you're bringing up is is kind of, it's important. And I think looking at it like wins, we did talk about this way back in the day. I remember us talking about wins and talking about how you could strategize and use wins as a kind of a thing, but it reminds me of that and, and how, you know, there is, there is a way to kind of win your life by not just letting it be kind of dictated to you, you know, where you kind of decide, Hey, like, this is the life I want. And the saying like, these are the things that would win the day are a way of you kind of making, you know, dictating and deciding how your life is going to be and what you're going to look at and what you're going to make important, you know, to, to put as a priority. I think for me, like one thing that I'm definitely guilty of these days is, you know, watching too many shows or movies. And I get caught mm -hmm. in that sometimes because I'll justify it because I'll be like, well, I'm studying this show or I'm studying this movie or whatever to like understand story and characters and structures. But like, honestly, I've gotten to a point now where I've seen so many movies and so many shows and I've broken so many down that most of it just becomes pretty standard to me. It's pretty predictable. Um, like to give you an example, you know, a few years ago, I remember I went to a movie with someone and we're watching and we're going through and I'm like, and, and then something happened. And I was like, oh, someone called in a bomb threat. And he like looked at me and like, whatever. And then sure enough, they're like, oh, there's a bomb threat. <laughs> he's like, you've seen this movie before. I was like, I honestly, I haven't. He's like, there's no way. He's like, he just could not believe that I knew there was a bomb threat. But 
there there's a certain amount of like when you watch enough story and you study story long enough there's a certain amount of like there's these like cues and there's these things where things become kind of obvious and i'm always impressed with a show just side note when they take all those most predictable ideas and they throw something in that was totally unexpected because then i'm like oh wow you got me because like most of the time like if I watch like, uh, and I, I'm not trying to harp on it because they they do a very uh, commercial and very standardized thing. But if you watch CW, for example, you watch their shows, <laughs> a lot of it is very predictable. It's just kind of like, okay, I know what's going to happen. I know how this person's going to react. I know what they're going to do. I know how this all plays out. For a young person who's maybe in their teens, who's watching that show, which is really their target audience, all that stuff's new. So it doesn't really matter for them they're going to kind of like accept that. But for someone like myself, who's, you know, older and been around for a while, those types of things are just, they just become predictable and boring. My point is, is though, is I'm watching these shows that are sometimes predictable and there's, and I almost don't even have to pay attention. I still know what's going on. And I'm like, this, is this really fulfilling me? Is this really adding anything to what I'm trying to do here? Yeah. And honestly, when I'm honest with myself, I'm like, no, it isn't. And I, and I think that we need to be mindful about when we talk about what's important for ourselves and what's a priority that we're not just doing the thing that's comfortable. You, you, you know, for me, I realize like, yeah, I can justify watching a show and say, Oh yeah, I'm working on my craft. I'm studying, you know, and I'm like, come on, man, you're not. And I think you got to be able to call yourself out on that too, because you can slip away into this, um, you know, into this kind of like, uh, how do you put it? Just, just doing what's easy and doing what you're kind of, you know, it's not building anything. And I think you got to kind of check in with yourself and go like, well, what am I really trying to do here? What's the real win here? You know, and, and don't bullshit yourself, you know, be honest with yourself about it. Um, you know, I get caught in it. I think everybody does to some degree, but you really got to try not to bullshit yourself. I think that's like such Mm -hmm. an important part of this, you know, is like, what would really be a win? What, what would actually make a difference or matter or contribute, you know, because there's lots of stuff you can do out of comfort that you tell yourself it contributes and it matters, but it doesn't. So that's something I would, I would like to bring in, you know, just in this late stage of this conversation, but it's like, yeah, look at the end of the day, doing what's important is about you. It's about fulfilling you and making sure you're full, you know? And, and so you're not walking around your life like this kind of um, empty cup that's always trying to get something to fill itself up. Whereas if you just fill yourself up with stuff that actually matters with substance, you're going to go about life and you're going to have a, you're, you're going to, you're, you're not going to be susceptible to buying into like bullshit stuff that just does nothing for you. You know, if you're, yeah. if you're empty and you've got nothing going for you, you're going to be more susceptible to like putting crap just to kind of fill the void. Cause you're just, you're just empty. Cause you're not, you're not doing anything to give yourself any sustenance of creative, you know, fulfillment or artistic fulfillment, whatever you want to call that. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And I, I really love the, uh, the analogy of, of the cup because yeah, instead of looking for someone else to fill up your cup, 
um, the way in which you are engaging with your life, which is the actions that you are, the, the, the choices and the actions and the direction that you are making for yourself are the things that fill, fill up that cup, which, um, you know, actually, I didn't mention this, but as part of like the sort of the, th I know I keep talking about this, but, you know, as part of the three wins thing, you know, one of the things about it is that like a win has to be something that I'm in control of. It, it can't be dependent upon somebody else, right? So, uh, and even if there is a win that has to do with someone else, right? Sometimes it's just like, okay, like, um, you know, the win is if I get in touch with this person, like, like send out that message, like get establish some sort of open up that communication. Sometimes that's, that's what the win is. I can't control about whether they're going to respond to me. I can't control about whether they're going to maybe, um, do the thing that I've asked of them to do. I don't have control over that, but the win was, was the, was the, the communication on my end, right? It was that, it was that reaching out just as an example, right? But it, it it's, that's a way of, of filling the cup. The win has nothing to do with what comes out of it. The win has to do with my ability to do something, the action that I am, I am currently in this moment capable of taking towards, towards basically leading more of the life that I want, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. That's a really important part of it. I, I had some, someone tell me once, uh, uh, that most people don't achieve their goals and dreams because they make it dependent upon someone else. And that's the number one reason why most people will not live the life they want, achieve the goals or dreams they want or anything. So, you know, people who are truly goal orientated and successful at it, they, look at what they can control and they do as much of what they can control as possible. And they, they, they put a, like kind of our last conversation, they put a bit of a leap of faith that by doing the work, by doing the things that they can control that um, if they do enough of it, the right things will come together when they need to come together. And mm -hmm. that part of faith is like, you know, you, you got to look at it in terms of the longer game, like with goals and things that are in your control, you can control them immediately. You can do them now. You can make them happen just by putting the effort in and doing the right things. You know, you can, they're very practical in a sense. Right. Whereas the faith element, like that's something that that's a bit of a longer game. So there's a certain amount of things you can control. Like, uh, for example, if you were going to start a business, you would say, okay, I need to get a client. Okay. You got to get a client. How many people do you got to call and talk to and message before you can get a client right now? If you, if you contacted one person and you got a client, that a new client, that's a hundred percent success rate. That's great. But just remember that that client still came out of faith. Whereas you might have to call 10 or, you know, maybe a hundred. Right. And, you know, the thing is, is that there's a certain amount of work that you can do to get the result. But if you do the work that you have to put faith that if I do the right work, that the result will come. And, you know, like actors who audition, right? Like mm. I, they say, if you're really, really good, like you're really good, you're like top form, you'll tend to book 
what is it like? I think it's like one out of 10, they say on average, right? Yeah. Now, some people do a little bit better, some, some not. Now, if you're, if you're good, if you're professional and you're doing maybe even commercials, you'll book one out of 20. That means you got to go to 20 auditions before you even get one role. Some actors don't even get 20 auditions in like a month. Sometimes they don't even get 20 auditions in three months. So you're looking at over the course of the year, if you book two or three roles, you're a good actor. Like you actually done a pretty good job and you go, well, I only got two roles this year. I only got a role this year. I mean, Hey, look in the odds of things, you might've actually done pretty well, you know? And yeah. so then you got to look at it and you got to go, okay, well, how do I either increase my odds? You know, how do I improve upon it? You know, but you still don't control it. Right. I mean, uh, you know, uh, Ted, Ted Whittle, who is on the podcast, great podcast episode. You guys should definitely check it out. Um, after he won, I think it was a Gemini. He didn't like work for like two years or something like that. Right. So yeah. you get this best actor award and you just don't work, you know, and like people, this whole idea that you can make it that you, you know, that you just, you're in control of things. You're not, it's, it's part of the thing that we all have to let go of a little bit and your job is not to worry about the result. It's to worry about keeping yourself full and to do the right things and to, and to have the right practices in place. You know, we have that, the law of practice, the law of discipline, you know, for a reason, because part of it is just getting yourself into a state of momentum and, and fullness, which is going to help you get the results. But yeah, like, I think a lot of people talk themselves out of doing a lot of things because like, well, I won't get the result anyway or whatever. And it's like, well, look, the result is not the point. The point is doing the thing, you know, do the thing. Yeah. 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 No, it's, it's, uh, it's really interesting. The directions that this conversation has taken, what you just said made me just, just made me think of, um, a class I just recently had the, with a few of my students, you know, like the uh you're familiar because you've taken my class before brandon but you know like one of the things that i love especially in the early stage of the work is that you know there's it doesn't go anywhere not not on its on its surface right but it's designed to not go anywhere like you know the repetition right like yeah, you're just yeah. you're just repeating after each other and and noticing different things that are happening in each other and in the moment and just, you know, that, that, that's all that's going on. It doesn't go anywhere. You know, there's no end point to it. There's no, you know, the only end point is when basically I tell them to stop. <laughs> right. But there's nowhere to go. There's, there's, uh, and it's just about engaging in a process, engaging in a process for its, um, its own sake, which is, you know, really what the best artists, you know, in whatever area that they are, that's, that's what they do. That's what they consistently do. They're not pushing for any kind of a, a result. They're not, they're not pushing. It's just like, well, I'm engaged in, in the process of doing this thing. And, uh, and so many actors will tell you and I was recently watching one of those like Hollywood Reporter roundtables from from a few years ago. I was just like, oh, that's an interesting group of actors all assembled to talk about about all of it. And 
all of them were were pretty much in agreement uh, on uh, I was watching one of the actors was Adam Driver and uh, it was like a round table because I think it was all Os- yeah it was all Oscar nominated actors from that year and Adam Driver had been nominated for for marriage story oh yeah which you know like if anyone's seen marriage story it's a net it was I think it was a Netflix movie uh, and there's one scene in it that's just on like it's a great movie but there's this one scene that just everybody was talking about this fucking scene in this movie because it was it was amazing and they're talking about you know emotional results you know getting to you know actors always trying to you know pushing for emotional results and stuff like that and uh this one particular scene is just like raw it's such an uh, a, an emotionally raw scene and you know, Adam Driver was saying, like, if I'm trying to if I'm trying to get there, I, I'll never I'll, it'll never happen. You know, like I'm just engaged in what is the what are the things that are, are happening here? And and the words that I'm saying, like really connecting to these words that I'm saying to this person and completely letting go of 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 any idea of what this needs to be because otherwise you'll just completely shut down and so that's that's just another example of someone who's just they're they're engaged in their and their primary area of importance was on the process of what they were doing as opposed to it having to reach some sort of some sort of emotional level or peak and and the results were an Oscar nominated performance. Right. You know, like, <laughs> but that what wasn't what he was, but that wasn't, that wasn't what his focus, that's what in the moment when, when he was giving his performance, it wasn't the, what was important. Yeah. And what I'm kind of picking up from, from, from this is like, sometimes I think we make things important that aren't important and aren't in our control, like process is in your control to some degree. I mean, you could argue about the nuances of, of process, but like there's a way in which you can go about things that you have control over, but how that turns out and what happens and how you emotionalize out of it as an actor, for example, or, you know, whatever that stuff you don't control. Um, I have a, a writer in, in one of my courses, I work with, um, I work with writers and actors and, video game developers now and and all sorts of creative types. But um, one of my writers is quite a good writer, but there's some interesting things I find with his process, for example, was like uh, um, believing that they can control certain things about their writing. And I find it kind of fascinating to watch them work through it. And I feel they've come a long way because early on they had this kind of idea that, and maybe it's still there a little bit, but this idea that you could use these tools and these techniques and these tricks. And if you do them, you can get this result. And there is a little ounce of truth to that. There is a little bit of truth, but not as much as they were thinking, in my opinion. Mm. There's um, there's a problem when you get too when you start to believe you can hack results in a way where 
you, you not only close yourself from the possibility of a different result, which could be a much better result, but you, you actually, you limit yourself from the, from, from what can happen. Like there's a, there's a whole thing with process that is like, it exists in the unknown, you know, the art exists in the unknown. And I do think as a writer, there's a lot of technical skills that you can use and a lot of understandings, like writers who have this type of understanding and they understand how this works. They have a capability that I think is quite interesting and quite profound, but if they rely too much on their tools, you can kind of see their writing. It's like acting, you know, you can see them using the tool. So like, for example, mm -hmm. when I was watching that movie, which I won't out in this moment, when I was watching that movie and I was like, oh, it's a bomb threat. That's the writer showing me their work. You know, it's like, I, I knew that's coming because there's, there's a very predictable thing. Right. And um, now I think with, uh, with, when you, when you open yourself up to a different possibility, um, I'm trying to get, let me give you an example of this. You know, this Evan, I had a script for a little while that, you know, was kind of getting a kind of the big budget was kind of coming together for it. There was like a little movement for it. It was kind of exciting. And, um, one of the things about that script that kind of, I think was appealing was there was a particular character that, nobody kind of saw coming and kind of being a certain way. And the thing is, is the way I wrote this character, I wrote them like believing as I was writing them that they were this certain way. But then as I got through the story, I was like, wait a minute, what if the whole time this character was actually this? And I was like, fuck it, let's just do it. And the thing is, it's really what really worked about it is it comes out of it totally justified because it totally makes sense in this context of the story, but you never saw it coming because I didn't know I was doing it the whole time. Mm -hmm. I was writing him like he was really this way. And then when the bait and switch comes, it was something I discovered partway through the script. So all the way they're written, there's no, there's no giveaways. There's no tells that they're in on it because when I was writing that character, you have to understand when I'm writing them and they're speaking their dialogue, because I believed that they were really doing what they were doing, they believed what they were really doing. So then when it turns out that they were lying, what their lies were so believable <laughs> because they really at the time believed their lies, but in the context of story and how it all marries together, it's, it's quite surprising and shocking and it kind of, you know, so yeah. my point is, is that, with art, you can think you know what you're doing and that's fine, but never be so certain. Never be so certain that you you know for sure this is how it is and this is how it's always gonna be. Keep keep a, like one foot out to be like, well, if at any point I feel like dramatically changing this story and I, and I wanna throw it on its heels or whatever, like you can just do that, you know? And um, there's a certain amount of like, uh, you know, you, you know, I think the point is, it's like to bring it back to what's important. The important thing is, is that your process is authentic and true and that you do what you are trying to do fully and do it wholeheartedly. And don't worry so much about the results. 
the results will come and they will come in sometimes the most surprising and, and interesting and fascinating ways. And to bring it all the way back full circle, to go back to the marriage story, I think I know the scene you're talking about. And yeah, it's like one of those scenes where it's like, did they know that was exactly how it was going to play out and what it was going to look like? I mean, I doubt that, but they might've had an idea, but it isn't until, you know, all the important things come together and then you go, okay, there we go. Right. Yeah. 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 I, I, it is, it's one of those things in, in any, um, art form. I think that, uh, if you're, if you're not, continually running into some surprises then there's then you you probably need to rethink your approach (laughs) i think any good good art is like should be constantly surprising you you know in big ways and little ways right like um you have to be surprised otherwise it's no good well that's my that's my thought (laughs) <laughs> I, I think so too. I think that's what the audience wants to be a little bit surprised. You know, they, they, they love that. You know, we go to movies for that. I mean, that's why yeah. movies are such a big thing because we want high concept. We want new stuff that surprises us and, you know, makes us look at things a little bit differently. Right. Um, Great so, comedy is that way too. Great yeah. comedy is actually all about surprise. Right. Because it, what's the joke other than, some sort of a some sort of like a punchline that you that you weren't expecting totally yeah well how's your beer good man good yeah i i didn't uh, have any worries about this one because i i i've had this one before uh recently and i didn't uh didn't have a different one in the fridge <laughs> so i was like well i've got this one and uh i'm not gonna i'm not gonna be too upset about that. So I'm drinking the Mountaineer Pilsner from Whistler Brewing Company, and it's great. It's real nice. tasty. Real tasty. Nice. How about you? I'm having a brew from How Sound Brewing, and it's a Belgian pale ale. It's very oh. tasty. Yeah. Um. Anyway, there's the can if you're on video. But uh, no, it's good. I actually I got it. For last week as well, I was kind of like crossed between this beer and another beer, which, you know, if you want to hear about that beer, just listen to the last episode. But um, <laughs> then afterwards, I'm like, oh, let me try this. <laughs> I was like, that's really good. Uh, Got to do it on the podcast. So there you go. So way to go. Um, how sound brewing. Um, yeah, I don't know. Let's let's wrap this baby up. I mean, I think I think we pointed out a few things like, uh, you know, making making what's important important and kind of sorting that out but i don't know do you have any closing thoughts yeah i mean just just for me i guess it's to reiterate these things of of um i think i want to come back to a word that came up that i i don't think we spent a lot of time on but let's do that now uh which is joy you know like what are are what is something that that brings you you joy in your life that you're not making important right that has been put off for too long is sitting off in a corner somewhere within yourself collecting collecting dust and and basically just starting to rot and it's starting to rot inside you 
right? And look, all it needs is a little dust off, you know, pull it, pull it out of the closet and, <laughs> and get to work, you know, like, and, 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 and it'll come back to life for you. Um, it's important. Like it's that, that, that's the name of this podcast. You know, this is important. Stop telling yourself that it's, it's not that it, there's no time for it that, you know, it's just like, there's like, how long are you going to let, how long are you going to let that, that thing or things fall by the wayside? Like, what is your, what is your life going to, going to look like continuing on if you, if you continue to neglect that? Like, what is that life for you? What, what, like that, that's, there should be something alarming if there's no, if there's, if there's nothing that you are doing consistently practicing, uh, as we've been talking about in, on a consistent basis, things that bring you joy, things that, that are joyful for you to do in your life. If you're not like, then if, if you're not doing things that, that make you joyful, in your life, if you're not creating things that make you joyful in your life, then you're not living a life of joy. So I don't know how much more of an argument I could make other than that as to why that thing that you've forgotten about, that you've neglected, is the most important thing that you can do. That hits home. Yeah, it hits home. I think that's, you know, those are good questions. And I, I maybe something that we didn't really talk about, but maybe this is a nice way to wrap this thing up. But I think like mental health and just general well-being is, you know, it's a big thing in this time. You know, I think uh, how we're doing as people in our lives and, and just how we feel and how we're functioning through life is, you know, it's a much more important element than it ever was. And it's a time where mental health is, is being talked about more. Um, we're beginning to realize that mental health is not just about, you know, people who maybe have some issue or they're like, uh, you know, unstable, but it's just mental health in general, you know, for people like being mentally and emotionally healthy is a really important thing in a, in a, in a culture that's essentially thriving. And I think that what's important to remember is that when you have time for leisure, when you have time for a certain amount of, of freedom of expression, and you, you have this life, you can, you can essentially do what you want with. It's really, really important that you do something with it of substance, that you do something that matters because that, that is what is going to make you mentally and emotionally and psychologically strong. You know, when I was going through my hardest time, and I've talked about this many times in the podcast, when I was going through my hardest time in life, I wrote every day. I wrote every day through that. And it was like, there were days where I'm like, what's the point? <laughs> what is the point of even doing this? What am I doing this for? And there is something grounding about it. You know, every time I wrote, even if it was just to, to try and get out some emotions or some thoughts or something like that, it, it was helpful. It helped me process. It helped me work through it. 
And I think for people who, you know, maybe if you're going through a hard time, you know, I think having an outlet, having a creative outlet that you make important during that time, the importance is not necessarily what results will come out of it. Because while I was writing and I was saying, what the point, what's the point? I was thinking what, what result could ever come of this, right? Like this is pointless, but there was a point in it, the process of it, you know, and we kind of talked about that during the conversation, this conversation. So um, I'll go back to that, you know, put faith in process and the process of doing things that you love, the things that you care about and making them important because they fill you up and they give you sustenance. They give you emotional, mental, and psychological sustenance that when you go through harder times, you're going to have something that's yours because they can take everything from you. Like, and, and they, I mean, not like, you know, some entity out there. I just mean like the, like the whole world can change. You can lose your money. I have, you, you know, you can lose the people you love. I have, you can lose uh, things, you know, and count on, you can lose your job. You can, you know, you can lose a lot of things that are giving you meaning and value in your life and giving you some type of, you know, sense of identity, but no one can ever take the sustenance that you build inside yourself. No one can ever take the art that you put time and energy into creating and developing and the artist you took time to create and develop. Thank you for listening in on our conversation today. We hope you found something helpful that you can carry forward with you. Head over to our website, wayoftheartist.com for more free exclusive material and learn about the show. If you haven't already, please support us by subscribing to the show sharing it with people you know, and keeping compassionate, creative conversation going.